Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another terrific tips for business. Why terrific? Because you can't spell terrific without Terry. And I'm your host. So glad you all could be with us today. I am excited to introduce this new friend of mine to you. She is so amazing. I can't wait for you to meet her. She has published over 30 books and has helped double that number of people become published authors. So obviously she's got a lot of talent. This is Miss Peggy Lee Hansen, of course, that I'm speaking of. She's an international best-selling author, publisher, and speaker. And she has over 30 years experience in all aspects of writing and publishing. And that includes ghostwriting. No, not ghost stories. Just kidding. instructional design, procedural and technical manual development, making her vast knowledge and expertise in demand. And she is often an asked for commodity. I'm so honored that she wanted to be on our show. So grateful that she's here. She's an author and creator of the international best-selling and acclaimed multi-author series, Courage Under Seas. She has volume number seven, seven, debuting in June of 2021. Ah, It's coming up very soon. So if you are thinking about being a published author, I'm going to do a little plug here. And you don't know if your story is long enough to write your own book. You need to get with Miss Peggy and talk about being a author in her mini series, Courage Under Siege, then you can like kind of get a glimpse into what it looks like and feels like, and you can start to share your story and see if there's enough for you to keep it going in your own series. Wouldn't that be amazing? So Peggy Lee is the CEO and founder of Courageous Woman Publications, a one-stop shop for all of your writing and self-publishing needs. She works to make your story a tell-all easy to tell. Isn't that awesome? Claim your free chapter. So she's giving you a free chapter writing guide over on um, her bit.ly URL. And I'll drop that into uh, the, the box below. You'll see that scroll across your screen if you're watching this in video. If you're just listening, make sure you check the description of this episode. The, uh, the link for the free chapter writing guide will be in the description. Miss Peggy lives in Colony, New York, which is a suburb of Albany, with her husband of 40 years. And it's funny because I'm from Rochester, New York. My little brother lives in Buffalo, New York. And it's amazing that it took me moving to North Carolina to meet a fellow New Yorker. So welcome to the show, Miss Peggy Lee. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. This is terrific and pun intended, I guess. (laughs) The pun is absolutely intended. I was talking with one of our mutual friends the other day and she was like, why don't you ever just say when somebody asks, how are you today, that you're terrific? Like you should say that in everything that you do. And I was like, 
my God, you're right. I never even thought about it. Like just didn't even occur to me that I should do that. So I've started doing that now. So I'm always ter- terrific. Terrific. I absolutely concur. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. Step into who you are. Exactly. Exactly. So why writing? Why publishing? Like what what draws you to the written word that made you decide to make this a lifelong journey for yourself and to help others along? You know, I've always been a writer from I've been a reader as a young kid. My aunt, my godmother sent me books beginning probably around age four or five. And I fell in love with books. I looked forward to my birthday and Christmas every year because I knew I was be getting a new book to read. I loved it. I started writing when I was probably a teenager. Um, And it just kind of, you know, that whole writing aspect of just writing your feelings of poetry of creating songs and just to get the feelings out because that's what we most of us have done as teenagers is that we couldn't necessarily express in words in the spoken word you know what our feelings were but we could in the written words mm-hmm. and continuing on and growing up as far as becoming the publisher and getting more people published and working with authors who want to get their words out. I think that was more given to me, delivered to me, but what I call the divine downloads that I receive, it is something more than what I could have ever imagined for myself. I worked 20 years um, at Northwest Airlines before they were uh, merged with uh, Delta Airlines, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it is now. And I worked in technical publications and I worked with um, the technical writers to learn what they did. And then I went over to the training department and worked with subject matter experts and worked with them to get their training out. So everything. You know more than anybody would ever want to know about airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) Could possibly be, could possibly be. So, you know, so everything that I did has created and led to this path that I'm currently on. And um, it is the the best thing that has happened to me when I got notice of my when I got pink slipped you know is the best word to say you know to know that I was not moving on with the new delta that was like the happiest day of my life wow and I say that because I knew what I I didn't know what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life but I knew that for the rest of my life, it was going to be my choice. Ah, that's amazing, dude. I just got like the goose flesh that you get when you hit like that energy source. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else listening gets that, but I get like the goose fleshies and you said that and I got goose fleshies all over. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah. um, and I, for Jumping into the next act, you know, everybody's now calling it the second act, is that um, I knew that I wanted to be on stage. I knew I had a message and it was basically 
the message at that time and, and still relevant is today is that just know that you are not alone. Other people are going through what you are going through. They may not have exactly what you're going through, but they can relate to you and they can help you. And what I went through with the separation of being fully employed, having that paycheck every two weeks coming in to not having anything coming in on my side you know, it was a little bit scary and frightening, but it was something that I felt that I was called to do. And I wanted to write, I didn't know what I wanted to write, but I, I wrote. Mm -hmm. So I found someone online that wrote a book in a weekend. She had a training actual book called write a book in a weekend. Wow. And so I listened to her on a podcast before, you know, the podcasts were really, you know, a, a thing, you know, like they are today. And I thought, I'm going to do that. So I signed up with her. And, you know, it's not the whole entire book. You know, it's not your war and peace that you're going to be writing, but it was a smaller, short and powerful book is what she called them. Uh-huh. And I'll share her name. It's Donna Kozik. And uh, she, ha- we are still, f- we are friends to this day. I still write with her this day. Um, she does short and powerful books every year. And for that, you have to have an exact 200 word chapter. Mm. So as it, it keeps me in the space of being able to write, you know, just a short, powerful excerpt basically. Yeah. So she's a phenomenal woman and I learned a lot from her and with her, I published my first book and it was just basically a brain dump after I left the airline and I included my poems. I included thoughts and feelings and all the emotions that happened while I was leaving going through that separation period. And it was like a grief period because after 20 years, you know, we had this big, huge relationship. Sure. You had a lot of history there and it is like leaving a partner. So what's, was it beneficial for you or what did you find most beneficial for you in doing that kind of exercise during that transition? It was very, the, the word that's coming up right now is cathartic. Uh-huh. It was also healing. I suppose healing and cathartic are still kind of like the same, but it was a process that took me to the next level. And knowing that I could write a book and get it published online myself, I didn't need anybody else to help me do that. I was able to go to Amazon and upload it myself, create everything that I knew and get it printed. At that time, it was through Create Space on Amazon. And within six weeks time, I had my book from start to finish. I did have it written in the weekend. So that was done. But the part was letting it go and letting it out there and saying, is it good enough? Mm. It's good enough. Get it out there hit the print button, get your copy. Mm -hmm. And then when I did that and I had the physical copy in my hand, 
I could, I was then invited by Donna to come to an event that she was going to with her marketing mentor in California somewhere. I think it was like in the Huntington Beach area. I can't remember anymore. And she says, because you have done, you know, what I've said, you know, that could be done. She says, I want you to come on stage with me and talk about the writing process. Yes. Well, heck yeah, I'm going, you know, <laughs> right. put me on stage in front of people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll talk about the process. So that alone was an amazing thing. And when I stepped off stage, I went back to my seat and the woman in, a woman in front, sitting in front of me turned around to me and said, I have a book, but I don't know if it's worthy of being mm -hmm. a book. She says, my husband says it is. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more. And that was my first book coaching experience right there. Wow. So, and she published her book. And now that woman has a nonprofit for military children called the Military Children Collaborative. Amazing. I mean, it's just amazing how things can take off. So if you write a book, you just are a chapter in a book, you have no idea where it's going to take you. So I think what's really empowering there is the the walking through the process and not even knowing necessarily what the where it's going to take you or what it's going to become, but doing it anyway, just because you wanted that experience, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you published the book, not because you thought it was going to sell a million copies, or you even thought it was going to help anybody. It was just a, let me experience what it's like and how wonderful and empowering is it for you to look back and say, and look, now I have a published book because I did it. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I publish other people's books because they found out that I also, when the eBooks came in, back in the, you know, 2010, you know, when they started taking off with that for Kindle, yes. I thought, okay, I'm just going to take that book and I'm just going to plop it in there again, not knowing what I'm doing. And, and I put it on Kindle and there it was, it was now in the ebook form. Super. Was cool. it formatted correctly? Maybe not so much, but at least it was there. Yeah. So I think being brave and in stepping into it, there was a saying, and I don't remember who said it, but you might, who was it that said, um, the misspelled word is better than the non-written word all every day. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who said it, but somebody had said that. And I was like, yeah, so the book that's crappy that you write is better than the book you never wrote every day. It's a modified version of the yes <laughs> yes yes so yes, even if it's like it's it's the same with me the first podcast i ever did is like uh, don't go watch it <laughs> <laughs> well now i'm gonna go watch it <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing it was like three or four years ago and i've learned so much since then i mean just this year alone by the end of december i'll have had a hundred of these conversations in just this year and yeah, like what happens to you when you do this a hundred times, you change a lot. So I'm sure mm -hmm. you've gone through some transitions. So what's something that you've kind of learned that's helped you become better at writing or at publishing, helping other people write and publish their books? 
what has helped me is to stay in the business, find mentors who can help you grow, whether it is a writing mentor, because Donna is still my writing mentor, my coach. I still follow her and talk with her to this day. And then also to find someone who can, can help you grow um, professionally and also you know, take care of you on the inside, the emotional, the spiritual. And because once you know better of who you are, you are better able to take care of the people who find you and want to work with you and who need to work with you. I agree. I agree totally. So you've written so many amazing books. You've worked with so many amazing authors. Is there one that's your favorite? a project that you've worked on so far? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if I have an absolute favorite. <laughs> I love creating the authors and the, the Courage Under Siege series. That has been my far favorite piece, but there, you know, there, there's different favorites. I have one woman who I published back in 2014 we did a second edition of her book in 2016, I believe it was. But when the first book came out, she got, get this, with her book. And it wasn't a big book. It was, a, you know, a nice sized book with her processes and her words of wisdom and expertise. She got 45 speaking engagements. Whoa, that's pretty impressive. We, we published her in March and by the end of the year, she ended up with 45 speeches. From the book? 40, from the book. Wow. So that's what that did for her. So she wow. is definitely one of my success stories. So the power of the written word, and again, it doesn't have to be war and peace doesn't have to be the Bible, doesn't have to be, you know, mm -hmm. 538 pages. It can be 120 pages. Mm. It can be 180 pages. Mm -hmm. Just enough, you know, to get your wisdom out there and into the world. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be messy. There can be a, a misspelling word, you know, or two inside the book. We're trying to be perfect, but you know, there's some, sometimes something gets by, but yet at the same time, you know, again, that just tells people you can be a success and not be perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. So, so jump, jump, because where it can take you is amazing places. Again, not knowing where that she didn't know when she wrote that book, she was going to get all this speaking engagements. No, so no. was there something that she did in her marketing to like, help that happen, help that outcome happen? Oh, absolutely. Her marketing helped. And she was not really online at the time. She did everything in person. So it was personal contacts, it was reaching out, keeping track of what was out there for speaking engagements on the local level, mm -hmm. chamber of conferences, um, um, you know, lions clubs, any women's groups out there that were have that would have meetings and at that time meetup was online. 
so she could find places to speak through that as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I always love to ask this question. What's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in business? I know you shared a little bit about that transition you went through, but I'm sure inside of that transition, other than going through that emotional part, what, was there another challenge that you really had to overcome to help you become the businesswoman that you are today? Hmm. You know, the, the, the biggest challenge I think that probably everyone can relate to is, you know, who am I to do this? Mm. And because of, I'm just one person and how can I fulfill the needs of everyone? Well, you don't need to fulfill the needs of everyone, just the ones that you are meant or who are called to come to you or who you find. And I truly believe that there's enough to go around for everyone. I belong to a wonderful group called Women's Prosperity Network, and they believe totally in 100%, which is one reason why I have followed them also for the last seven, eight years, is that they believe in coopetition versus competition. And which is, which is so important and now inside the WPN community there's like five or six maybe even seven publishers there are yeah and everyone is finding the one that is right for them and it's a beautiful experience but a lot of it is coming overcoming the challenges that we face in our own mind and it's the, the own um voice that comes in and said, you know, how can you do this? And, and how can you continue to grow? And who are you? And why are you doing this? And what makes you think that you can earn a lot of money and and a living doing this? And there's just so much, you know, inner challenges, but then, you know, there's just, you, you have to be able to grow yourself and know yourself and who you are and what you stand for. And your why, Mm -hmm. why do you want to do this? I have a couple of different whys that I fall back into. I want to be able to retire my husband in the next two years and still have the lifestyle that we are accustomed to. Um, And my grandkids are the second why, you know, we want to be able to travel, to be able to be with them. Of course, now in the current climate of the COVID climate, that's a little bit more challenging. So we rely on the technology so that we can keep that connection, you know, as our grandkids are growing up. Mm-hmm. So those are beautiful wise and in a beautiful, I love that what you touched on was finding your tribe, really finding the place that you can work through those kinks and discover yourself because you do have to kind of know yourself before you can really truly embrace what it is that you're trying to do for others. Cause if you don't know who you are, then what are you doing here? Like, absolutely. 
So knowing kind of what your truest intentions are, and if it's just to make a lot of money, there's a lot of things you can do a lot easier to make a lot of money. Like (laughs) there's gotta be a better reason for what you're doing. That's a lot easier than writing a book or starting a business. Like making a lot of money is your goal. Like there are other things you can do. (laughs) Um, But if your intention is to help other people and that you feel like you really do have a way that you can help other people that's unique to you and then it's just a matter of finding the avenue that makes the most sense for you and getting into a tribe like the WPN Sisterhood or Women's Prosperity Network um, is a great place, especially if you are a female in business. And I know a lot of my listeners are. I am also a member of the Women's Prosperity Network. That's actually how Peggy and I met mm-hmm. um, and can't speak highly enough about the awesomeness of everybody in that space it's it's allowed me to be me like I've stepped into myself just being in that environment with those amazing people so absolutely and they're the they that organization and all the women and men in that organization have helped me grow to where I am today and I am forever thankful for them that I have that I found them they, I, I do feel like I'm home with that organization. It is, it is phenomenal. Cool. That's so awesome. I so appreciate your, that tip of like finding that tribe and then identifying your why. So was there a process you went through that you can share with us that helped you kind of identify your whys or were those just kind of like divinely like obvious to you that those are your whys? Um, the, the, the grandkids. Yes. Um, that has always been something that my husband and I, even before we were married, when we were discussing getting married, that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. And we knew that we wanted to grow old together. And we knew we wanted to have our kids young enough so that we would be able to enjoy them as we got older for the age that we are now. And then being able to travel you know, and so that why was born as we became a couple. And, you know, the the other why is my husband and I, during our married journey, we have switched the the breadwinner from, or the bread earner, you know, from one to the other and where one wasn't working and the other one was, and then it would flip to the opposite and then you know we started working together and when I was realizing that I was probably not going to be moving forward with the new delta it was a chance for us now to choose what we wanted to do Mm. and so it was just so that was the process but I didn't know how anything was going to look yeah you know and when in 2006, I remember sitting at my desk at the airlines. I was in the training department at this time and as an instructional designer. And I wrote out a list because I knew that the airline is very cyclical in its business. And I think you will find when you look into businesses that a lot of businesses are cyclical. Mm-hmm in their dealings. And I just knew that having that roller coaster was not doing well for my 
mental state. And I knew that something, I wanted something different. And so I sat at my desk and I wrote out a list of things that I wanted to happen by the time I was age 55. Mm. I was 49 when I wrote out that list. Three years earlier, or three years later, I should say, things started popping off that list just by the, the airline merger between Delta and Northwest. I didn't have to drive, commute 80 miles a day. Mm. It was the beginning of being able to choose a profitable business to be able to work from home and so much more. And I can't remember everything that was on that list, but those were the major things that just kind of just happened. So when people tell you to write a list of things that you want to happen in the future, near future, tomorrow, next week, next year, next five years, write the list because you never know when that list is going to start jumping off the page for you. Yes. That's such a good tip. Um, write the list and when it starts to happen, record the dates that it happened, record the date that you wrote the list and record the dates that those things started happening, because you will see the more you do this, it actually speeds up. The time compresses to make some of those things happen. It's really fascinating. I actually uh, read a book, the, the map. Have you ever heard of the map? I think is what it's called. No. And, and basically it is a guide. It's a journal to um, the power of law of attraction. And so basically it's a guide and guiding you how to influence the energy for the law of attraction to work. It's a really fascinating book. One of my girlfriends had bought it for me for my birthday many, many years ago. And you basically journal every night before you go to bed and then you set an intention for trying to remember your dreams. That was the first part. And if you remember your dreams, you journal about your dream in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you journal about the dream in the morning, you journal the other stuff that the book talks you through in the evening. And it was really interesting to kind of go and look through those stories that I had written and to see what things started to come to fruition for me without even really trying. You're not even thinking about it. You like wrote it down and you forgot about it. Like I didn't go back and reread them until many, till, till just the other day when we were cleaning out our closets because we're trying to consolidate stuff. And I found it and I found my journal and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that dream or I remember that thought and look, that's happened, right? Yeah. And it's only been a few years. Look, that's happened. Like being yeah. able to go back and say that that's happened. So recording it is really very cool. Yeah. Evidence, it, evidence, it, you know, and if you don't think that this is possible, think about when you were a kid, what did you dream about when you were a kid? Uh, did it happen? You know, I remember dreaming about having a daughter. And I knew at six years old that her name was going to be Kate, you know, and all I cared about too, you know, is that I had a husband who loved me and adored me and took care of me. And I got that. That was a dream as well, but not so much as the daughter, you know, <laughs> but, but I, you know, it was just being, that's, that's what I dreamed of being. I wanted to be a wife and a mother when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Not because it was the thing to do but it was what I was called to do first. Yeah. And then once that dream was realized, 
then the other dreams started to come in to play. Sure. And, and I, I have to make new has. dreams, make new dreams every day. Oh gosh. Yes. If you're not dreaming, you're missing out on a huge part of what it is to be a human and to have a life for yes. sure. So yes. if you're listening to this and you're struggling with dreaming, creating a dream or having something to, to aspire to highly encourage you watch the movie, the law of attraction, or read the book, the law of attraction. And then you pick up the book, the map and, and work through that because you are dreaming. Even if you don't remember them, you are dreaming and somewhere in your subconscious, it's happening without your awareness. And so what happens when you become intentional and you write these things down, you bring your conscious mind to play. So your subconscious mind isn't trying to do all the work. You know, that part of your brain that we don't pay any attention to because it happens on autopilot. Your conscious brain gets to get involved when you go out of your way to make some of those changes happen. And then all of a sudden the dreams will just be coming and you'll be like, yes, I didn't know that I ever wanted that, but now I know that I want that. Um, so something for me, when I was seven years old, I dreamed that I got married to a man slightly taller than me with blonde hair on the water. And so at the time that I got married, my husband's hair was a little darker than blonde, but he was blonde when I met him. He's slightly taller than me. And we got married in Smith Mountain Lake on a houseboat on the water. Beautiful. So it came true. But I knew when I was seven years old that that was going to happen. Now the actual lake changed because when I was a child, my parents had a cottage in the Thousand Islands. So I thought I was going to get married at the cottage in the Thousand Islands. But when I was a senior in high school, we sold the cottage. So we didn't have it anymore. But they had moved to Smith Mountain Lake, Virginia. So we were able to get married on the water there but it always comes it always absolutely comes. absolutely and go to the masters you know my masters of influence have been Eckhart Tolle mm. um, Deepak Chopra it's funny Wayne Dyer As I'm and Maya yeah I've got I've got my copy too I can have to reach out <laughs> It's literally oh, on my table. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I've got it all bookmarked and edged up. Um, yeah. You know, Oprah Winfrey, but Maya Angelou, um, Eckhart Tolle, um, Wayne Dyer, and um, Deepak Chopra have been who I consider my masters of influence. Mm -hmm. um, because and, and Wayne Dyer definitely first. John Maxwell was in there as well. And just to get the, the mindset and to find out who I really was and who I needed to be, not necessarily who I needed to be, but who I was and why I do what, what I do. Mm -hmm. Because that was really important to me and how I operate and you know, trying to get along with everyone and the corporate world and figuring that out and learning to listen, learning to listen, and just being there for other people. And that is when I discovered that I could be a coach. Yay. Because otherwise, in the, uh, when I was at the airline, I was a union rep. And then I became a union vice president. Uh -huh. And people would come to me all the time, you know, with issues, and I would be able to sit and listen to them and then to then therefore 
you know, be able to decipher, you know, what's really happening with the, the issues, if there was an issue, if it was between two employees or if it was between management and union, you know, to be able to be able to wrap your head around that and to come to some sort of conclusion, you know, that would work for everyone. So Peggy Lee, you are a master problem solver. I am. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I take you, that on. You are a master problem solver to be able to do that because that's, that is a massive skill and to do that without getting emotionally involved or attached to an outcome. So Absolutely. was there, was there something that you had to do to train yourself to not get emotionally involved or attached to whatever the outcome was going to be in order for you to have that objective look about what was going on? You know, I, again, it comes down, down to the teachers, to our mentors, to our coaches and not to be tied to the outcome is, is something that a lot of coaches and mentors will, will teach. Mm -hmm. is have the desire of what you want to reach. But if something happens, you know, be able to take what happens at the very end, especially if you're, if you are um, trying to create, if you are trying to enroll someone into a program and you really, really want this person to be, inside this program, not because of, you know, the dollars you might make, but because it would really work for them mm -hmm. is that then if they absolutely say, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. You know, you have to be able to accept mm -hmm. their decision. Yeah. And even though you may not agree with it, you know, it, it's, it's still their decision and just not, and that might not be the best example, but it's one that just kind of popped into my head at the moment, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to be able to move on. You know, mm -hmm. something doesn't work out the way that you had anticipated. So. so there was a saying when I got started, I'm loaded with these today. Welcome. <laughs> That's We're great. Things this morning. This is what's happening. Um, <laughs> when I first started business, somebody had told me you can't care more about somebody else's business than they do. And I think that's kind of where that comes into play, where you can't care more about a situation than somebody else does when it's their situation that they're in. Right. So yes. we've all had that that friend who made a bad decision, or we all have had that, that friend or business partner that maybe we shouldn't have gotten into business with that person, right? And some of us, we want to protect. It's our nature, particularly as women, to come in and like protect them and, and save them from themselves. But yes. at the same time, to do that is actually to deny them the experience that they have to experience to learn the lesson that they have to learn so that later they can come back to you and say, you're right. I'm ready. Absolutely. Right. Perfectly said. <laughs> Thank you. <You're> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, I've had people, cause I've got my propel course that's live now that I've been doing and it's a group coaching program. And I've had people who've told me, that they've lost 50% of their revenue this year, but they're not going to invest in the coaching program 
but they know they need the help. I mean, yes, they would get the help that they need. Yes, I feel very strongly that this program is going to be beneficial for them. And it's their decision. Like at the end of the day, do I care about them? Do I want to see them be successful? Absolutely. I'm not going to beat them over the head and put them in a brown sack and drag them (laughs) along the way. Like they have to make the decision that their business is important enough to invest in and do that. So Mm -hmm. totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and then, and that kind of goes back to, you know, telling stories because it's all about the stories, which, you know, we have been sharing here this morning, you know, I've been sharing a little bit of my story. It's not everything, but part of, you know, being on stage is, you know, being able to speak from the stage and Toastmasters International for anybody that's familiar with that, I joined that the following year or the, yeah, the following year after being let go, released from the airline, because I knew I, if I wanted to share my message, I had to know and be comfortable to speak my message. Mm -hmm. And so I joined Toastmasters International and within like short amount of time, six months or so, I started going into the leadership track not just the speaker track, but also the leadership track, which meant club president, area governor at that time, they called them governors, um, and then division governor. And so I got to hear so many speeches and so many relative, relevant speeches and heartfelt. And it was, it was, to me, it was a crying shame that nobody else was going to hear these speeches and these speeches were not going to, not just speeches, but the messages, the stories were not going to go anywhere else. Mm. And so by this time, you know, it's 2014, 2015, and, you know, I'm into the beginning of the publishing business. And that is where Courage Under Siege came in is that this was delivered to me again through divinity that this is how I can get more and more stories out there by creating an anthology series. Chicken Soup from the Soul never came into my mind. What my friend Donna Kozik does never came into mind. It was just something that I knew, but because of the experiences that I had with those books, either reading them, or writing, help writing the series that I knew that was something, a vehicle that I could have for more of the people that I met that needed to get their stories out. Mm -hmm. And for, because someone is waiting to hear what you have to say. And it's been, I did the first book. I invited people to come with me. You know, my past mentors, Donna Kozik was one of them. People Uh, invested with me to be part of the book and I thought that's great that's wonderful the the odd not the odd thing but maybe the the more um, universal download the law of attraction I called it volume one and and it was just like well that's kind of odd but I thought okay you know we'll call it volume one if it stops there at volume one you know it'll stick at volume one then volume two came and I thought, okay, well, you know, that's good. So now I got two volumes, you know, I don't know if I'm going to write another one, but people, when they hear about it and they know that their friends are in it, they say, well, I want to be in the next one. 
So that is how that has evolved. Cool. And it's just been an amazing experience. And someone is waiting to hear what you have to say in your message. And I've, several of my authors have written the chapter and have gone on to written, to write their full book. Whether it was with me or with somebody else. I mean, one of my authors wrote the chapter and said, you know, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with this, but she is now in her own series of books and she's on number eight. Wow, that's amazing. So, I mean, you just never know, again, where the process of anything that you say yes to, where it's going to take you. Yes, that's so. such a beautiful point and sentiment. And I, I just want to encourage people who are writing, they're posting, they're publishing, they're blogging, they're, they're emailing, they're social mediaing, they're everything. They're doing everything, right? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're feeling invisible. And I want to encourage you to keep going because all that matters is one person who needs to hear what you have to say, sees it, hears it, and shares it. That's all it takes. It takes one. You got to start with one. At the end of the day, I know a lot of people in business who get really um, embarrassed by having a small group. But I say, we, we all have to start somewhere. If you don't start with a small group, then you're never going to have a big group. Like you have to have a small group first and then it'll become a big group, but start somewhere. And I think that's so important that your message is valuable to somebody. So don't be afraid to share it. And it's not up to you what they hear inside your words. Ooh. And the reason I say that is because another one of my authors, she was writing her full book at the time. She got one of the the series and in there, one of the, one of the ladies was talking about sharks. And she said, did you know that sharks only swim forward and not backward? And I had not, I did not know that, but when my other author had come back to me and she said, when I read that in her chapter she said that just kicked my butt into gear and it's just like I'm only moving forward from this point on and her and the 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 chapter was not about sharks (laughs) the chapter was about you know someone a lady who lost her husband who was who she feels is with her every single day wow and And that was what she was writing about, you know, being in that space, not about sharks, but that's what this other lady, you know, found and was enough of a nugget to take her to the next level. Yep. You never know. know. Be open. That's why you cannot be tied to the outcome because you have no idea what the outcome is actually going to be for someone else. That's right. That's right. Peggy Lee, this has been absolutely delightful. What's going to be the best way for my audience to get in touch with you? Because I know somebody listening is like, okay, I want to be part of that anthology or, okay, I need to get plugged into this, this woman. She's got some great ideas, some great tips. Thank you for sharing them with us. How can they do that? The easiest way is to send me an email at Peggy Lee at Peggy Lee 
Peggy Lee at PeggyLeeHanson.com. Well, that's easy enough, isn't that's it? That's easy enough. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and then we can move forward from after we connect. Very good. Hey, uh, one last question for you before I let you go. Yes, ma'am. If there was one thing you wish you knew when you were getting started, what would that be? Oh, one thing that I knew and getting started was trust the process. Because mm. I was freaking over. I wished I would have known then what I know now. And someone said, it's all a process. Mm. Just trust it. It's such a good tip. And it's, and it's totally fitting because we don't know. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know where that yes is going to take us. But if you feel called to say yes, trust the process and just go with it. And what happens happens because you just never know where it's going to take you. No, yeah. no. And you're not in this alone. Other people will rise up to help you. They do. Yep. All we have to do is ask, right? Absolutely. And it's amazing. This has been delightful. Thank you so much for the time today. I've appreciated it. I know my listeners have too. And to everybody who's listening, till next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at SpinFrogs. That's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S. At Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes.